We have not much time. Don't mean to trouble you. <laughs> you can listen to Tism when we're done. Yes. <laughs> this is how I get you guys to do what you need. Yeah, damn it. This is how you get these guys to do their chores. Take the garbage out. You can listen to Tism. Listen mm. to garbage. <laughs> Hottest 100s of thousands, we have taken control of your radio station. This is the podcast in which this is the podcast in which we talk about the songs that have been deemed hot enough to be in the Triple J Hottest 100. My name is David James Young, and I'm one of the four voices you're going to be hearing for the next hour or so. Joining me once again, Mr. Andrew McDonald. Happy to be here, David. Mr. Adam Buncher. Hi. That was really good, but it's always really good. It just keeps getting better and better. This this one's for our ASMR listeners. <laughs> just, Classic uh, food fighters. Yeah. <laughs> Classic food audience. Yeah, right. Do you have anything I can make good noises with? Yeah. This bottle. That's pretty bad. Oh, that's okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I know, yeah. I ruined it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, we're back. We're back. We're at it again. And ladies and gentlemen, we've come to another very important point. We are about to talk about a band for the very first time that is going to go on to feature over 20 times in the history of the Hottest 100. And the history of the Hottest 100s and Thousands. Yes, indeed. Uh, A very important history. Obviously. (laughs) The biggest journeys begin with a single step, my friends. And that single step is right now at number 70. It's the fucking Foo Fighters, man. The song is called I'll Stick Around. Number 70. That song was called I'll Stick Around. It comes from their debut self-titled album. Adam. Yeah. You don't know me anything. No. <laughs> no, but I feel like the world owes Dave Grohl a great deal. It's fine. I know where I'm sitting. Oh. I, I well, did it for the reaction. I, I, like Dave Grohl didn't get there by himself. He had plenty of AIDS along the way. Um, he'll deny it, of course. Um, but uh, oh, that's a good joke. That's a Thank very you. Good that's joke. a very good joke. Thank you very much. You know, so, like it's the kind of joke. It's just too good to laugh. You just say that's a good joke. <laughs> yeah, so like those people that said that. Oh, that's hilarious. But it is. Oh, hilarious. that's so funny. It is. Oh, that's hilarious. I, I love humor. Yeah, <laughs> love a bit of humor. <laughs> what do you got? As a song, I think it's pretty good. Let's. Uh, I'll put that out there. I'll start with that. Um, 
but I think more than that, like I think the value of looking back on the first Foo Fighters album and, and at the tracks that come from it is just tracing the history and the transition of Dave Grohl as a musician from Nirvana into the Foo Fighters and how really like he's he's carrying a little bit of kind of rock history with him in, at the same time. Not because, I mean, he is an important figure. I think regardless of whether or not you like his output or ever have liked his output, he's consequential. Mm. And I think like... You can you can just almost trace a little bit of, of what's kind of happening within rock just in terms of this. I know that this was uh, from the first Foo Fighters record, which it Dave Grohl uh, recorded all the parts himself. All Grohl, all the time. Yeah, specifically mm. as a, exactly and, the way like, he'd want it, yeah. and, and specifically as a point to um call make it sound like it's a band with little information out there to actively not seem like he's. Look, it's the guy from Nirvana, man. Yeah, the next project. yeah. That was the, always the goal okay, of Foo cool. Fighters, and which cool. I have a bit of respect for. Yep. And um, a, lot, a couple of friends of mine who um have a lot of love for the first few Foo Fighters records. I'm have, one of them. Indeed. Um, have recommended uh, these albums to me numerous times. And this, the thing is with the Foo Fighters, this song, I don't feel nails what um they do really really well like the Foo Fighters best of is a classic obviously mm. like the, the best they're album. singles yeah like they're like they're obviously a singles band and. They're singles when they're at their best, like such as Hero and stuff like that, and on Monkey yeah. Ranch, the songs that everybody knows intimately. Whether or not you've ever purchased them or gone anywhere to hear them yourself, you know these songs. If you've turned on a radio, yeah. exactly. a television, or a computer in the last 15 to 20 years, you know these you songs. You know the yeah. Foo Fighters. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I mean, this this song neither reaches the like the poppy heights of Learn to Fly or the skate punk of Monkey Ranch. Exactly right, and I think this is um, it's kind of it kind of cruises a little bit too easily for me. I think even the I don't owe you anything chorus. Sounds like I um, love that. It sounds like somebody stayed shouting to stay quiet. Like it's not really yelling. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, but, like it's at normal range, but like oh, the, the, the mic, yeah, the mic yeah. is turned up heaps loud. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think the, the, there's signs of the uh, like the like honestly the the pop rock like perfection, and I'm, I don't uh, like lightly. I think those when uh, when they're at their best, that they, they do pop rock absolutely perfectly for yeah. the '90s and 2000s mm. era. Um, I don't I don't think this song. Is a, um, reaches that high, but it's a sign of what's come, and it's also a sign in its own way of when Grohl jumps that shark, like because like the, all the elements of what it makes a Foo Fighters song very good are in this song, like it all works, but mm. it's just not he hasn't he's not there yet, but he hasn't also jumped it yet. Like this is a fine song, I have nothing really for or against it. It's a perfectly acceptable song from the dude who used to be in Nirvana. Yeah, and I think like especially that on that last point, the dude who used to be in Nirvana. Like I still think half the story is what you're going to hear from the Foo Fighters later and the other half is where he's just come from because I think there's still a little bit of Nirvana in here which I think is you know quite interesting and in fact he was criticised a little bit for that when this track first came out people are just kind yeah, of right. like oh right man so like you know, Kirk you want to do Kirk, you want to yeah, do Nirvana yeah. you want to you want to take over Nirvana, and he's he's just kind of basically that, that's such a mean thing to say to someone whose friend just killed themselves. Yeah, <laughs> fully, it really like, fully <laughs> is. Um, and he basically yeah. came forward and said, like, what, like I'm making I'm making music with with guitar and drums. Mm. Yeah, and, like, oh, and sh- shocker that I like rock. grunge music. That's yeah, weird. yeah, it's, and he's just kind of like, what what is what is that criticism? Yeah, basically? right. And more on that, like, there's a really beautiful story that. Um, he tells him it's part of a HBO series that I wasn't aware existed, but Foo Fighters did apparently a HBO series talking about the band and whatever, which has a few kind of like scoops and stories that hadn't been told anywhere else. One of which being that um, he was working on Foo Fighters stuff, which I wasn't aware of, while Nirvana was still active. Hmm. And he actually showed a couple of early demos to Kurt. And from from um, Dave's own words, this is a beautiful story. Like when Kurt heard them, Dave couldn't be in the room, number one. He was too, like, kind of nervous about mm. it. It's amazing thinking of Dave Grohl as that kind of character yeah. now, right? Um, but apparently Kurt loved it so much that he, he he came out and just kissed him on the forehead and said, like, yeah, man, like, that's the way it's kind of told, which is just a beautiful story yeah, to kind of right, have. Yeah, that's yeah. Nice. I yeah. think it's really interesting as well, just on that, uh, that nervousness of Dave Grohl as kind of like a budding rock star, that uh, you, you picked up on that kind of in the vocals because... That was the part that he admits, looking back on this time, that he was most nervous about and just couldn't deal with. He recorded at last every track. Yeah, right. And, uh. and apparently he had a real problem with songwriting as well. Most of the lyrics in his Honestly, own words... no, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> most of the lyrics were written uh, usually minutes before he went in to record them for the first yeah, time. Yeah, I mean, the, the lyrics are nothing special. I, I think, like, none of what this... Fingernails are pretty. Fingernails are good. <laughs> yeah, this, this song isn't saying anything with his lyrics... 
that you haven't heard before. It's not doing anything mm. particularly inspired or special, but that's not what the song's really about, I guess. But the lyrics were the subject of quite a lot of kind of uh, speculation. Sure, of course. Especially that chorus. Many people thought, well, you're, you're saying that to Kurt, man. Yeah, but, or to uh, Courtney or to... He's confirmed um, in the This Is A Call biography that it's it's about Courtney. Yeah, that's, that's like, so in, in the video... They, they have a very bad relationship. Someone has a bad relationship <laughs> with Courtney Love? <laughs> what? So I'm going to have to do my research. So the video was directed by Jerry um, Carsale. Ah, uh, yeah, of yeah, Devo yeah. fame. Carsale, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah of Devo. Um, uh, because yes. Dave Grohl wanted a, quote, non-video video, which is like, okay, mate, like, you're, it's still the band playing in it's a room. It's the band playing in a room. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, you know, there's this this giant spore thing is flying around them and-, and yeah. He eats the chess. Uh, yeah, yeah, he <laughs> eats the chess. Um, and this flying thing, he called it the foo ball. Or whatever, but originally, uh, Grohl's brief was for it to be a bloated, charred, inflated girl representing Courtney. Wow. Which is like, mate, why like, is, why is Move not having like, that there? Yeah, like, right? Good work, yeah, this everybody isn't exactly else. exactly the Nine Inch Nails Starfuckers video. Yeah, <laughs> like, come on. It, it, and then and so they, they changed it to something resembling the HIV virus, which is like, all right, sure, but. Huh? Like, huh? Yeah? Huh? Yeah, huh? right? Um, but yeah, what I, I think what I miss the most in this song is just any sort of sense of dynamicism. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Like, it's just one note. And like, I interesting that people were like, this is Nirvana. I was like, I wish it was more Nirvana mm. because I really the dynamics. miss. Like, that's, you know, yeah. obviously one of the things that they're, they're very well known for. Sure. And a lot of other grunge and pop punk that I, you know, I think this is both, this is kind of a meeting point of, of those two styles. I think that's fair. But that dynamic sense is just missing. To, just as a counterpoint as a kind of just a point of taste I kind of like that sure. I kind of like that it just kind of punches through yeah, and sure. that you can kind of where it starts is where it ends you still get a sense of movement through it which is just kind of like it's a punch it's yeah. just it punches and punches sure. and kind of goes along and I think like the fact that you can look back on it and without reading too much into it and without applying too much still draw so much context in in the very sound mm. I think it's pretty amazing Cool. And I think and I think that's the value kind of of this early Foo, Foo Fighters work because they will go on to write better songs, but nothing will illustrate the time and place that they were as a band as much as this first album will. Well, as much as Dave, really, because there's no really there. Mm. Like there's, there's, oh, a, yeah. there's a band that's in the true. film clip, but they're just playing along. I would I would like to point this out. Every single release that the Foo Fighters have put out since this album has had a song in the Hottest 100. I'm including wow. I'm including the greatest hits because Wheels came in yep. at number 100 and I'm also counting Skin and Bones the acoustic album they put out because the fucking acoustic version of Everlong got in the hottest 100 of course it did. that is domination no one can touch the Foo Fighters they are the most celebrated international band in the history of the hottest 100. You know, this this song, it's it's not a, a classic Fooey's track by any means, but, you know, it's got fucking meat on the bones and fucking gnashing fucking teeth, and it's got that big chorus, and you could just tell that he was free to finally call all the shots and be the songwriter he'd always wanted to be, uh, and he was just having so much fun with it. Yeah, I got time for it, you know? Like, I, I will not deny it its place. Considering how bad the Foo Fighters songs in, that get into the Hottest 100 will eventually get, <laughs> like I don't know, man. we're I kicking off like, in style. I think some. I think you're going to go into bat for wheels. No, not wheels. But that's you're going to go into bat for something for nothing. I don't even know that. Exactly. One. No. Look at the average. When you look at the batting average yeah, for like, for yeah, like yeah, good yeah. tracks. Yeah. Like pretty, it's pretty insane. Because there has been just kind of incidentally quite a bit of like anti foo fighters or at least anti grohl sentiment expressed. In it's because he's an asshole and he's a bullshit artist. It's easy to shit on him because. People who like Dave Grohl say that he's a genius. He's not. But he just knows how to write some incredibly good pop rock songs. Yeah, I... I like, he, he seems like a good bloke, apart from his AIDS-denying bullshit. Mm. Well, yeah, I mean, there's that. But, I mean, like, I don't know. I think if anyone, anyone sings the praises of Dave Grohl has a pretty solid set of evidence in terms of the amount of just good hits and oh, totally songs right. that, yeah. are, that, are, that really are eternal. That'll be around from, from, from like ever long. From the mid-90s They're to the mid-2000s yeah. or whatever. There's a 10-year streak where he was yeah. pumping out some classic rock songs. No denying that. But yeah. it's just like fans of his, like I don't know a few people in particular, are just absolutely insufferable. Saying like he's just the absolute best songwriter. And like when yeah. he broke his leg and he's just like, he's so generous to his fans. He's so generous to yeah, his yeah, fans. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. yeah. You've got to pay like, that he is. Yeah, oh, know, he did a make a wish. Cool, so what? But like he's but, but just like... Other people say I think it's him cool as well, but I have maybe because of the popularity as well. But I haven't seen so many people just lining up to suck his dick. Okay, I'll tell you this: every time he has put out an album 
since like fucking 94. Honestly, man. Honestly, man. This is the best record I've ever worked on. You don't get to say that after you've made In Utero, you piece of shit. <laughs> What's wrong with that? I don't it's see what bullshit. the problem is with that. No, but, yeah, I, but you can't. I, I don't like, see why. It's no, no, because he says that sort of shit every time he puts an album out. That's yeah, just, that's he just, does that's press that's just, interviews. It's so fake. It's just a PR machine. It's yeah, just a PR it's machine. So fake. Yeah, everybody knows it's fake though. Yeah, he doesn't. He th- <laughs> he he is so convinced of himself. I think he knows. So I guess half of the problem is that he spends the rest of the time portraying himself that doesn't indulge in that press. Yeah, true. Like, when he's on stage and talking about how he doesn't want to talk between every song, he just wants to play rock and roll, but he spends five minutes in between every song saying that, yeah. then it's kind of like, you are you are chasing an image of yourself that isn't true, yeah, but you are, you are trying to convince everybody that it is very, very true. But that's and kind of the rock star. That yeah. is the rock star, though. Sure, but can, can we not criticise that? And can we not yeah, criticise so. someone yeah, for... Yeah, he's a walking target. For, like, for doing that without any sense of self? Like... <laughs> fucking rock you know yeah man but you know pretty okay. fucking good man all right. <laughs> all right wrap it up all right we've got wrap plenty more time to talk about the food fighters yeah true i i, fucking I food guess fighters, save, save some i of guess it. i just wanted to start the conversation with that i think had been kind of incrementally started a few kind of bits and pieces every kind we're of talking about nirvana i guess well yeah just like every now and again he popped up yeah even even when he probably shouldn't have and it's always hey, made me a bit curious and i thought now me, is ma'am. a good time to shh <laughs> Shh, no more chewing. Stop the mouth noises. Okay, there we go. Yeah, to just kind of get things rolling. Yeah, we'll see you soon, Foo Fighters. Fucking rock! Okay, now, every time I say the next number, I want each of you one by one to interrupt me by saying nice. No. At number 69... Nice. Nice. G- guys, come on, <laughs> really? All right. What? At number 69... Nice. <sighs> Come guys, I'm trying to we're trying to do a podcast here. Alright, at number sixty-nine. It's the sex number. Yeah, baby. <laughs> this is Dash Rip Rock with Let's Go Smoke Some Pot. Is it really? Fuck yeah, it is. At number sixty-nine. Let's go smoke some pot. Let's go smoke some pot. Come on, let's go smoke some pot. Well, there was Eve Raquel and the new Bohemian smoking pot. Well, there's the black crows and driving and crying smoking pot. There's the spin doctors and blues travelers smoking pot. Let's go, let's go smoke some pot. 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 Come on. Let's go smoke some pot. Let's go. At number 69. <laughs> yeah. That was Dash Rip Rock with Let's Go Smoke Some Pot. Nathan, you're a fucking Blaze Lord. Oh what do you got? <laughs> yeah. My clubbing He's days are over. He's <laughs> a Blaze Lord this, this season. <laughs> We've done it. barely see Nathan through the haze. <laughs> Are you there, man? Through the haze. I think it's really cute that Triple J lets some year eight boys have a song in the Hottest 100. Apart from Grinspoon. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I wanted to make a joke that, like, maybe this was a Make-A-Wish thing, but then I made the connection like, Make-A-Wish, Cancer, Medicinal Marijuana. Medicinal yeah. Marijuana, like, oh, yeah. The joke folded in on Let's itself. Let's go smoke some pot, otherwise <laughs> I'm gonna die. <laughs> This is awful. This is like, I mean, I don't, you know, like, obviously I'm speaking as me who is already going to say that it's awful, but this is so bad. This is the kind of thing you do in year eight at school, like in one lunchtime and you go in the music room and you you do this song on the fly and there's like one other kid in the room who's not playing, who just desperately wants to be like in with these cool idiots playing this terrible song and it's horrible. It, it, you love it, do you? No, no, no. I was going to say... <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, he like, does. The notes that I wrote here, I wrote, um, there's much to be said about showing and not telling. But <laughs> hey, maybe maybe telling you an inch from your face while you cough after not having brushed your teeth for a week is okay too. Because that is this song entirely. It's only good if you're also a laughing non-toothbrush cunt. There is- <laughs> hey, man. It's so dumb. It's not even worth criticizing. But it's just like even even-, even for the content, like which is obviously awful. But if you had like a gun to your head, like if 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 like the Illuminati often do, if the Illuminati's had a gun to your head, if and- Donkey Kong himself, yeah. 
Okay. Okay. You to write. Okay. This song to to tell you to do a parody cover of Danny and the Juniors' 1958 song "At the Hop" and make it about marijuana. It would be hard to write something this bad. Yeah. Like you would write an, an, an like an also terrible song, but it would be cle- like it would be funnier than this. Yeah. yeah, this is bad at being a funny shit song about pop. Its audience isn't even like chronic stoners. Like no. its audience it's- is people who think saying pot is funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's people who think everybody solo is a funny joke. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to quote the late, great Andrew McDonald on this one. Um, well, yeah. yeah. What's happening to me in the next week or so? No, 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 no. You, you just, what do you, you know? You, you, you're not dead. You're just tardy. Uh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, uh, he once said of a song, I am drenched in this song and I am bone dry. One of the great hottest 100s and thousands quotes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I would like to say that I am shrouded in the smoke of this song and I am stone cold sober. (laughs) And that is all I have to say about this. I would would happily believe that these people have never smoked pot. Mm. A couple things I want to say about this as well. Um, Because this song, obviously it's awful. Like, I I like smoking pot and getting high, but I think if I ever needed to quit, if someone just showed me this song (laughs) when I was high, I would just be snapped into sobriety. (laughs) So, you know how when you're drunk and then something bad happens and like the adrenaline just slows you up for a few minutes? Yeah, It's like, you'd be heaps high and someone plays this song and you're just completely sober forever because you're you're never going near that devil's weed again. Prior to that, everything was funny. It's just like, no, nothing is funny right now. And um, also, I wanted to mention the highest YouTube comment on this song from two years ago. Ah, I see what you did there. I see what you did there. People that don't use cannabis should be put in concentration camps. Jesus! <laughs> so they can't all be zingers, I guess. <laughs> this song is awful, it was made by awful people, and it was supported by awful people that both played it and voted for it. Do you reckon they all voted specifically so they could get it in at number 69? That's gaming. That's, that's Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Dickie King. How do you do that? Dickie Kingsville. Oh my god. Well, it is a weird song because if you look at the band and where the song comes from in their album, it's it's classic the last track. Oh, okay. I it like is. on like Whoa, I, wait, so the, this band like, actually exists. Oh, this yeah, band yeah, this has band been band around is... since the mid-80s and is still kicking on. Get they do fucked. like they do like parody roots rock Get music. Completely no, but fucked. It's not just it's not just parody. They're a very well-regarded rockabilly band from Louisiana. I'm not big on rockabilly either in context or in a revival context, but I mean like at least if you look at their other work, and I've only checked out a little bit, it's a li- it's a little bit more legit. Like it's their they are attempting. What to is do it the- about this band that made you hear this song and go, "Yeah, I could go a bit more"? Because <laughs> it's insane. Because I wanted insane. to know whether they were a parody band. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's you're yeah. insane in the membrane. So, to quote so another stoned band. I'm just doing my research, just Why doing my homework. I think it's it's probably very potential that that they never even released this as a single it no, sort of didn't. just it just got caught up i don't know how i'd um, love to know how. not unlike like dr worm you know like every now and then especially in the 90s australian triple j audiences pick up novelty songs and it kind of blows up big here when it doesn't anywhere else but you know this is the last track of the album some people listen to it someone plays it on triple j it like it blows up big but i'm yeah. not excusing it by any means this is like horrifically bad but i i know that but- maybe makes sense as to but how it also happened. part of the context I think is just kind of like when you were a teenager maybe mm. like I don't know I can certainly say this for myself but there were certain songs that were bad terrible not funny but they were just a little bit naughty enough for you to kind of gravitate towards them like and what I just think that's a penis by um fucking yeah fucking we talked about on yeah, last, last season King Missile King, 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 King Missile yeah a bit naughty that's <laughs> it that's it and I just think that Honestly, you just have to let kids be kids on this one and just kind of like... If they were kids, yeah. But I really, like, Triple J, youth radio station, this song just could could only... The listeners, Could only appeal... Here's what I think the whole picture is, right? This band did this as a kind of joke throwaway, which is not okay. But it's not as bad as it intentionally being placed out in the world as saying, like, this is what we do, right? Because this is a band that does... You know, like interest at least interesting, if not good things, like in two thousand and seven making a concept album about Dante's Inferno in a rockabilly Jesus style Christ. called He Hell. That's maybe cool. not very good. Yeah. But it's interesting. That's gonna be least... the soundtrack to me necking myself tonight. <laughs> <laughs> you could find something better. Could I? <laughs> Probably. So that's how it came to be. And then it just makes sense that it was picked up by a bunch of kids yeah. who like being just a little bit edgy and they voted it in and then they high-fived each other so friggin' hard when it came in the Hottest 100 because at, wouldn't at that be... At number 69. At number... Guys, <laughs> come, like, 
it's just the kids, man. Just kids just doing God, doing that. Kids should go to jail. So, <laughs> yeah, I that it, it is what it is. You know, it happened. It's at that number. Proto Afro Man. I love I love the Proto Afro Man bit. That's like where he's like, "There's no lyrics here because I smoked pot." And yeah. Like, oh yeah. 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 And Afro Man later on is like on the same level. Yeah. That's a warning. Uh, actually, it's a warning yeah. song. It's yeah, an anti marijuana. Anti marijuana. Then again, uh, so is this in its true. own yeah. special yeah. little yeah. way. Anti marijuana humor. <laughs> Four twenty. Don't blaze it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Four nineteen. Think about it. Think about it. Make nice. smart choices. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> At number sixty-eight, this is Pollyanna with pale grey eyes. Number 68 with pale grey eyes. We're kind of at a point where we're talking a lot about like post grunge and alternative rock bands. And I think the thing about that particular subset of music is that uh, when that was popular, everyone had their fucking team. Andrew's got Bush. Uh, I've got live, you know, like this was actually Bush Glycerine was a suggested track on this on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. obviously <laughs> that only for you though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, that, works on, that works on Google's own algorithm, but your search results, you know. <laughs> I did think Bush when I heard this though, so it's not just Andrew. I I thought of Andrew yeah. obviously as soon as I thought of Bush. But like you know, like everyone had their little like teams that they went for. Like it was same with new metal. My team was Drowning Pool. Others t- other teams were Power Man Five Thousand. You know, like, <laughs> other teams were White Zombie. Everyone had their own shit going on the um, white zombie kids were the weird ones oh yeah 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 the, the fucking kids with like raver fluoro dreads and shit yeah I imagine they ended up getting like infections from like dirty needle use yeah 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 <laughs> they work in they now work in the tattoo parlor of their hometown because they never left I think I would have been on Pollyanna's team back in the day I, I honestly genuinely think that I think I would have by chance seen them at a pub one night and been like hey man that was really good have you guys got an album out probably struck up a friendship with them probably would have gone to see them play and I imagine them I, I I know literally nothing about them apart from this song but I envision them as one of those I call them bridesmaids bands the mm. kind of bands that always get decent supports like yeah. they would have opened for Tumbleweed and they would have opened for UMI and all yeah. those sort of but they would have never made that jump themselves yeah actually i'm so glad you brought up support acts because i found a list of some of the acts that they opened for oh this and be good. some of them the, uh, may no, shock you nothing exemplifies a bride's a, a bridesmaid band more than that list being available online yeah, yeah. true true okay but um what do we I, got can we, can we maybe try and play like a bit of a guessing game here Ooh. oh oh um, and i'll drop a hint are they, they're, they're australian band, have, yeah. I, have, I yeah, set, australian have i said have i said any of the bands you have not. Okay. What? They're, okay, the big ones I have here are pretty much all international. And I just want to drop one hint. One of these is a Hottest Hundreds and Thousands favourite. Poor? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Congratulations! <gasps> yes! You literally win a dog. Oh, a literal yes! dog. <laughs> just about the dog, motherfuckers! They support. Terrific. I just wanted to get that out. Yeah, wow. We needed you. to have that. Yeah. That is yeah. incredible. Yeah. But who, who do you think got them that support slot? <laughs> <laughs> so that that, sounded, so that that wasn't that wasn't Donkey Kong. That sounded more like the Home Improvement guy. Yeah, fully. Yeah, yeah. Can anyone do that? I love the production aesthetic from this era, like where you can 
pick everything out, and I mean everything. Like, uh, you can hear the guitars perfectly clear, the bass comes through really well, the drums, like, bit by bit by bit, you can hear the floor tom ringing out, you can hear the ride cymbal, you can hear the crash, you can hear those open hi-hats, like, it's not just a mess of just noise, just, like, blending it, like that pre-loudness war, like, very Mm, clear sort of mix, which is interesting given it's, like, you know, like, grungy old rock sort of stuff, but, yeah, I like that kind of clarity, you know, like, it sounds like a band playing live, you know, like, it sounds like a band in the studio, in that moment, just getting around their shit, like, uh... For all we know, it was, like, that maybe... Yeah, 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 and they knew their way, this song knows its way around pop conventions way better than a lot of those kind of post-grunge also rants, like... Yeah. There's stuff in this song that's kind of stuck in my head, and you know, like stuff that I was like really getting into, and like for a band that may well end up like a Buffalo Tom, like a band <laughs> that we're probably not gonna remember in like a week. <laughs> yeah. Like I really enjoyed my time with this. Yeah, I think fair. that's fair. I think I think that's not selling it too much, but I think it's like they're all fair points. I really yeah. liked how the melody shouldn't work. But it really does. Like, yes. Yeah, the melody is really It's just nice. a little bit off center. I think it shows a yeah. real control of song craft and a yeah. real like knowledge of what you're doing, and you're not going for the obvious answers. And I always pay that. And I really like the little hook added by the female member of the band. Mm. Just kind of yes. just every it's now and nice again. Touch. It's yeah. really nice. Yeah, I thought I was a bit cooler on this song. I think it's like more of a just kind of straightforward mid tempo yeah. post grungy thing. And like it is, it does what it does pretty well. But yeah. like I, I can't ever see me thinking to myself, I'd want to hear this a second time. No, I think that's ultimately the reaction that I have to it as well. But mm. within that, there are elements that I think I, I give props to, but it, it do, they still don't escape the ceiling of the song. Yeah. I am. I was hoping for a bit more uh, like a Lou Reed reminiscent thing because like when I saw it being called Pale Grey Eyes, what am I something to do with Pale Blue Eyes? Um, um, one of Reed's finest compositions yeah. and I was a bit down by that as well it is my own fault <laughs> uh, yeah the first thing I wrote was oh hi there another mid-90s Australian <laughs> rock band how are you not great not terrible correct <laughs> like it's just kind of it's okay what yeah. it is I see them in the landscape at this point in time my, my biggest problem is that it's too long it is a bit at five like it, it, it definitely feels like the album version, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, <laughs> it's just like kind of at, at like, like they I probably like, would have whittled it down to like three thirty six well, for the three oh five. Like they finish, they finish, um, they finish a big second chorus and then they repeat the intro riff, and it's like cool, the song should end there, but then there's another two minutes. When nothing new is really added to the song, and it's just like, oh, I don't. It's like it's I like when songs this. used to get twelve-inch remixes, and it's just like yeah. you're just playing that one bit over and over. Yeah, aren't you? I think just in terms of that length, that feels like it's shooting for more of a like five-minute grunge song than a three-minute rock song kind of thing. And, yeah, and I think it would have worked better as a three-minute song. But yeah, it's fine. Some nice melodies, and yeah, the, the female vocals are a really nice touch. Yeah. We've come to an agreeable conclusion. Yeah, that rarely happens. We we usually just like fuck, oh, fuck you, no, fuck you. <laughs> well, that's, I, actually, that, mostly that's, that's the me. point. <laughs> you have to do that. <laughs> Wait. You have to write a middle of the road rock song. <laughs> Maybe that's what Dicky wants. Oh. <gasps> I'm glad we. Really it sounded like the Adams family. Yeah. <laughs> do, 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 do. <laughs> I was like, I don't understand that reference. <laughs> do, 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 do. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm like. Do, 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 do. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, it's time to start watching Tom and Nicole Fuck. Uh, at number 67, it's Chris Isaac with Baby Doo Baby. with Baby Did a Bad, Bad Thing. Andrew, you're in a weird sex orgy with Tom and Nicole. <laughs> Tom and Nicole Brown. Uh, t- tell us, uh, what are your thoughts on uh, the golden voice of Mr. Chris Isaac? 
uh, firstly, just cards on the table, just to not keep anybody waiting. I absolutely love this song. Um, Fuck. But, um, yeah. Yeah, this um, absolutely exemplifies, I think, Isaac's approach to rock and roll and the blues, um, and I guess rock music in general, which I think has always been, it's Elvis channeled through the lens of modern masculinity and the sensibilities yeah. of pop rock. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, like, the rockabilly groove is throughout the whole song, but it's kind of hidden by, like, that modern synth and like the heaps hooky feel like crying thing, like mm. and like the the big woo. Obviously, my parents would be Chris Isaac fans, like from like yeah, so the mid, from like the mid eighties. So like his records were often played in my house, like the actual vinyl records, and then also the CDs. They like well, this was a constant in my life, kind of thing like that. So then the scale joggles, I can remove them to a degree, but there are still marks on my face from where the suction was there. <laughs> um, I think this is a terrific song. It's rocky when it needs to be. It's just like. It's super sexy. He's got a fucking incredible voice. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's it. Like, at the end of the day, yeah. it's just like, it's a great showcase of his fantastic voice. Of what voice. he does, yeah. To go that, like, deep in the baritone, and I, I'm always a sucker. Also, it's again, for the next song, spoiler, I'm always a sucker for, a, I guess, a white dude singing deep. Yeah. Um, but, like, the Baby Did a Bad Bad Thing actual beat is so fucking cool, but then, like, the Feel Like Crying is so high-pitched, and he's just... Oh, it, it's, God, it, he just this song is just goes yeah, for it. This is, this, this is a goddamn sexy rock, rockabilly modern song, and I just... If I'm you always happy to get down with it. If you haven't fucked this song, you haven't fucked. <laughs> Tom and Nicole Brown. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you haven't fucked Tom and Nicole Brown to this song, you yeah, haven't fucked Tom exactly. and Nicole Brown. <laughs> Egg fucking exactly. What's the Tism song people need to listen to to get this? BFW. BFW. Right, there we go. Everyone. BFW, mate, in a big way. Tism. I think it probably comes in about 10 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> oh, not, sorry, not sorry. Yeah. How much of your love is also like heightened or helped by Chris Isaac's association with Twin Peaks? Oh, very, Ooh. very, 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 very little. Right. Like, very, very... Okay. Little, I didn't want it. Yeah, little to none at all. I um, certainly was... I only properly watched Twin Peaks in, when I was halfway through uni, so... Sure, and yeah. you were already, well, already on, yeah. well on Team Isaac. Yeah. I mean, yeah. if he t- if he turned his chair around yeah. during your blind audition, exactly. But also, um, his TV it's the voice. Sh- no, I it's I know, voice. I know. He's, he's a that's judge why on I, the voice. That's why I, I don't like a, him I now. I thought he was a judge on Australia's Got Talent. One of them, but also he had a, them. He also had a show in the mid nineties called the Chris Isaac Show, which is I can't remember being not the funniest <laughs> was it a thing in the world. Show? But it was like a weird absurdist comedy I'm um, like wow he, there, were, there were sequences where like man. he would go in, like he would be like he played like a fictionalized version of himself and he would have moments where he would like he was more of a struggling musician in the show oh that's great um, and he like had, proto Louis yeah, yeah. And he had, the but, X well, Factor well he had, he had moments by where by the way he, he's a judge on the X Factor yeah, oh so right. his he'll, chair never turned around there, yeah there no, are moments he's always in, facing the front oh, well. in the Chris Isaac show when like he would have like a moment of contemplation like he would like have like, like, like look a bit strained and then it would cut to like in his internalized version of himself which was always him looking far more handsome than he did in a show <laughs> sitting on like a rotate sitting on like a rotating handsome. love bed like with like a model being like his psyche being like trying to edge him out like shitting on him and he's like no no you have to listen to me I think it's a really good opportunity for me as a musician it's just, it's just like Chris baby you really have to just cut your losses and move on from this music thing right now it's a weird kind of absurd comedy yeah wow yeah. Awesome. I guess when you get at a certain level of success people just say yes people just say yes yeah. and you can do whatever you want yeah it's called the Woody Allen factor yeah, yeah. <laughs> I kind of sometimes have a problem with songs trying to be sexy like I always oh this song doesn't try it succeeds I th- yeah I know and that's but I mean like when it succeeds when, without trying when sexiness is the primary thing that a song without is driving trying. for it always yeah. puts me it no, always I, puts me defensively mm. like I cannot be bought so easily Mr. Yeah, Isaac I am a well respected dame with much property it's the difference between that song is sexy because of this, or yeah, that song is sexiness. sexy because it's being sexy. Yeah, it's like I'm like it's trying to seduce me, and as soon as it's it it plays that hand, I kind of get a bit whoa. Hey, yeah, sure. No, hey, yeah, we're yeah, moving yeah. too fast. I feel that. You know, but like I'm there now. I guess I'm like I eventually become less defensive, but it, there's that's always my. <laughs> He'll wear you down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think this song is good enough, and obviously, like his voice is amazing. When the band kicks in, it's like yes, oh. like it kind of is like cool. This song is really here now, and it's great. But n- not to disparage at all when it's quite minimal in the verses or whatever. I just kind of don't like Chris Isaac anymore. <laughs> yeah, as and a I dude, think, yeah. I, I think that's largely because since he became a judge on The X Factor, I've seen way too many, which is any, appearances of him on morning TV with him sitting there, like, 
kind of being a bit of a lech. Yeah, agreed. Like, sitting there with his guitar and his friend playing percussion and just, like... That guy follows him everywhere, just with the little jazz brushes. Yeah, yeah it's yeah, like, yeah. okay, mate. Like, and just kind of, like, kind of leching on the female presenters yeah. and peddling his white man imitation blues. And I'm like, all right, mate, I don't, like... Yeah, no, agree. Yeah, this song is great, but, I yeah, that, like, I just can't... That's there now. I don't ever forever. think about that when I think of Chris Isaac, though. That's, like, I'm you're just, lucky. Yeah, I, I guess I am. A question I've always had in relation to Chris Isaac is who's his audience? Who's the target? Mom? Are you a kidding? Moms, like a butt ton moms. of moms. Right. Yeah, shocking that my mum was into him. Chris Isaac is the safe version of Tex Perkins, who is in turn the safe version of Nick Cave. Uh, wow. Pretty good. Just, yep. just, Pretty yeah, good. just less raw ways of getting fucked. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Can I tell you guys yeah, something? Mums. Yeah, oh, a lot of mums. Oh, baby. Oh, pop a couple of kids out. Pop one Chris Isaac in. <laughs> it's a Dutch door action. <laughs> oh, what a disgusting way to describe the, the Anyone's birthing. mother. The, like, <laughs> yeah. The, yeah. You have Not to even have... a specific mother, just the you idea just, of a mother. You just, you just got to thunk out a couple of miracles and then you're all about Chris Isaac. That's just that's just the way it is, it's circle, man. It's a circle of life. It's a circle of life. I don't call kids miracles. Kids are what got us that song about pot. <laughs> uh, this is true. This is a great song. I'm just going to say it there. I, I have a lot of love for this song. It's very enjoyable. It's modern rockabilly done really cool. It's super sexy. I get down with it. Chris Isaac has a really good voice. Can thank, I tell you guys thank, something? Thank you, Isaac. When I was four years old, um, like I, I obviously knew how to talk a little bit, but like, I'd still like, um, like I didn't know I was autistic at this point, but like I'd pick up on a couple of things, and like my parents would always try and figure out what I was doing or saying, and like one thing that I used to do, I, I found out this later in life. Obviously, I don't physically remember it, um, but um, I used to just walk around going, just, just kind of mumbling to myself. And then they realized when they had the this uh, album Forever Blue on, I was trying to do. That's very that, that's very cute. Yeah, right? super cute. Yeah, and I didn't even it's realize that was doing. It's a little bit scary to see a child doing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, also, because I'm sure, like we all are, I'm picturing Baby Deej still with a beard and long hair. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, definitely. I've yeah. never looked at like anything else. No, just for the record. No, yeah. it's, and your head's the same size, but it's on a child's body. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I'm and a you're big... sitting in a hotel room. Yeah. <laughs> and he's going. <laughs> Come play with us, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> He's, oh. he's just like, man, I said a bad thing, not like a like evil thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the beauty of this song is that it's actually just about a baby who feels like crying. God damn, I fucking love this song. This is an unbelievable pop song streaked with the silkiest of blues. And he just comes in and fucks your woman and makes you watch. That is the kind of motherfucker that... <laughs> literally motherfucker that Chris Isaac is. Oh, he's just... He's mad even listening to that description. <laughs> when the revolution comes, you'll be the first to go. <laughs> Nothing's coming. Oh, except Chris Isaac. <laughs> Bullshit. <laughs> Chris Isaac is coming straight up there and it's all right because they're all menopausal so he can get up there and I'm not finished yeah. talking! This is sharp. The evidence has so, been falsified. It so has. This is so good. This is sharp and it's slick and it's sexy and like it makes no fucking sense being in this countdown but fucking lord am I glad that it is. I'm feeling it right now. Oh god. Damn! I kind of want to discuss how it was in the countdown because that's kind of weird. Well, I, I don't yeah. think it's that I mean, weird at all. I think if it's it, it's in a Kubrick film for starters, like I know it was, it was after. Not, later. Yeah, 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 yeah. It got Years, popular. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I guess. Yeah, but yeah. this is pre. That was Kubrick's last movie. Yeah, sure. Well, it's it got mainstream success after that movie. Yeah. So it didn't have mainstream success at this point. Yeah, actually, so, Isaac was so like a modern rock. It can be just an alternative. You know, song. bluesy rockabilly song. I guess it's just weird for me to think of Chris Isaac in that context. Yep. But yeah. I guess I think context is a large part of this. And it's just like, again, a, a piece of the puzzle we don't have. But yeah, I, yeah. looking back on it, it's kind of weird. Yep. Tell you what else is weird. No! <laughs> At number 66, it's the Tea Party. This song's called Fire in the Head. You stay. Silent, knowing, always in time. See 
How this love stays divine See how this love stays divine Party in at number 66 with fire in the head. Oh, God, I'm just going to throw this one to the fucking dogs because that's where it belongs. <laughs> that's way too harsh. <laughs> this song is just, I thought this song was okay. Like all Tea Party songs, they are, and much like, I, I guess, they are kind of contemporaries of the cult. Um, they channel like a post-punk aesthetic through other musical styles that I don't really like. In this case... I guess post grunge or the terribly named Moroccan roll. Yeah, we, we talked about how bad, yeah, that, how bad was. that was. <laughs> it's worth mentioning him. again because it's the it's worst of times. Still yeah. bad. Yeah. yeah. Thankfully, that style is only appearing briefly in this song in those weird instrumental passages. Yeah. Everything they do is just like you appealing to people who I who I would see at like a goth club and be like, "It'd be good if they played some tea party." And I'm like, no, it wouldn't be. <laughs> it would be terrible. Never would be. It would be it too. Would be good at all. Be, yeah, because they have like some. Ideas, and I, I, I kind of like his voice. I've said this before, but like, there's just they make these choices that like, get to a fork in the road with their compositional style. They <laughs> always take the bad one or the one that I wouldn't take. <laughs> That's exactly yeah. you, your like, notes and my notes are pretty much exactly yeah. the yeah. same, this except is, I think it's just kind of like they've made the right choices, but they've just shown no restraint in the inaction of them. <laughs> it's like everything's fine, everything is really good. Just stop pushing so hard. Yeah. Just like lean back in it and just yeah. kind of be in the song and like stop that, trying to sell it. That sell harmonic it, guitar bit after every single yeah. line in the verses. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, uh, like yeah, he's off. A bit, mate. It's just you know. But it's, and even Get his your vocal, hand off it. his vocal it, delivery is just so forced as well. Yeah, like, that's it. Yeah. I just can't like. It's just there's too much artifice in the song, and, yeah. and it's quite similar to a lot of why I can't really connect to Tool. Like I appreciate what they're doing, and there's some nice technical things or whatever, but I just feel like there's too much artifice for me to penetrate and actually enjoy the song as a song. Yeah. Like all the little time okay. signature bits, like you know, in in the verses or whatever. Where, you know, like. Just changing the rhythm. It just feels like a contrived point of interest that doesn't do anything. Okay, so I'm a pretty big tool. Yeah, fan, yeah. I think because I, I was. I'm a pretty big tool <laughs> fan. <laughs> it's, it's, but I was kind of like brought through that. And yeah. I, and I, I think I, maybe I'd be in a weird position as well looking back on tool, like kind of now having not like kind of gone through it in a more you know what I mean like because mm. we're, we're looking back on this and maybe I would have been a Tea Party fan as well if I'd, if I'd kind of gone through it in this way but oh, Adam don't say yourself so short yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I think maybe I am on that one like I owe myself an apology for that okay I, and I have to bring this up now because it's just like in the back of my throat the fucking atrocity exhibition reference this is the way step inside that's not okay uh. I'm not okay with them doing that like don't it's just it's weird fan service thing. It's just like you know that your fans are also going to be fans of the far superior Joy Division because you're a post punk band and that's every post punk band. Like, how much do you need to just kind of like put your fucking cards on the yeah. table and just sell out for a cheap fucking thrill of recognition from your fan base? It's dog shit. <laughs> it's it's so bad. I just I hate it. I hate that they did that. Hindsight is really funny. You forget how fucking seriously the tea party were taken. People used to think this guy was a rock god. Like, this untouchable dude. But, like, he is one of the most unintentionally hilarious, like, rock singers of the last 20 years. So much so that I was talking to this about Nathan off mic. I think Jack Black owes so much to Jeff Martin <laughs> in terms of, like, emulating a completely ridiculous vocal style. Just imagine Jeff Martin going, 
Det är flickor giggle 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 flickor giggle flickor giggle. Nej, det är inte det. Det är inte det. Det är inte det. Det är inte det. Det är Like Jack Black was like high fidelity like at this point. Like I don't think yeah. he, I don't think Tenacious D was even a twinkle in his fucking eye at this point. But like he probably heard the tea party was just like fuck I could do that yeah, and add yeah. some dick jokes. Well he didn't because they were a Canadian band that wasn't famous anywhere else but Australia. Australia and Canada. Like yeah. Oh oh I also brought this up to uh, Nathan off mic. Um so I listened to this on Spotify. Um I just typed in Fire in the Head and it came up, right? Yeah. So I'm listening not from an album, but from the search results. Right. So the song finishes, and then I've not gotten to my phone in time to check it, and then it started again, and I thought, oh, it just must be like a different, like a Greatest Hits compilation or something. No, it is a live version from a live album put out in 2012. Yeah, hey, I know this album. Yeah, yeah. called... Live from Australia. <laughs> Where they're, they're the fuck else? Such a bad name they're, for a live Their opening paragraph on Wikipedia mentions how many times they've toured Canada and Australia. Yeah, Does it say who they've supported? <laughs> <laughs> I, I can see how people could take them seriously at the time and think that they were all that and and fitting into everything else that's happening. But no, It's a very particular kind of frustration, like liking aspects of this. <laughs> yeah. But just going like, damn, if there aren't some things that just ruin it entirely. I quite like the chorus. But again, it's just like... Not enough. And you know, I'd like his voice at times as well, but it's just like sometimes it's just that yeah. they just... Sometimes when he, when he sort of eases far. off it and exactly. doesn't, you know... Not you. It's like... Oh For the record, the Tea Party have toured Australia 12 times. And the last time they did it was with the Super Jesus. Great. Wow. Oh, wouldn't you just come by to that, that show? Oh, that. just splooge McDuck all over the fucking <laughs> room. It's just like, yeah, this is real music, kids. <laughs> and the fucking kids are just like crying in the corner like, Dad, can we go home? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Why did you bring me? Whatever, fucking tea party. <laughs> that brings us to the end of yet another episode. Of hottest one hundreds and thousands. If there is anyone in this room that thinks that there was a worse song than Dash Rip Rock, speak now or forever hold your penis. The eyes have it. Dash Rip Rock. We hardly fucking knew you. What are, What are our best songs? What do we got? I, f- I feel like we might all be the same again. Oh, I don't know. Maybe Ooh. not. I, I, I was always like, maybe you could even do the double, but who all knows? All over me by live carryover champ. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, my favorite was Chris, uh, Chris Isaac, Betty Bad Bang Thing, no Same. question. Yeah, I, I think that was easily the best song. Let's see if Adam becomes the contrarian moose. No. He, he's just shrugging. He's just shrugging. What, he, what does that mean? Did Isaac? You, did you have a favorite? Yeah. Was favorite. it Isaac? Yeah, it could be Isaac. <laughs> on behalf of Mr. Adam Boncho. See you later. On behalf of Mr. Nathan Harrison. It's been good. And on behalf of Mr. Andrew McDonald. Well, it's been well right. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's been pretty explicit. Uh, yeah, it's been. My name is David James Young. Keep music evil and fuck like a beast. <laughs> Good job, guys.